A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the marketing madman with Trip Job and Darren Rand on Extra 106.3 FM. Happy Saturday and welcome to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job here with uh, Darren Rand. And, you know, we're second week of March. All right. We've seen the pollen. Uh, we've also seen two full months with our clients of what's happening. What is the 2022 landscape in the marketing world? And I thought today we'd spend a little bit of time and talk about the things that we're seeing, um, good and bad. And what's different? <laughs> Good, you know? bad, and ugly. <laughs> well, exactly. And I think, you know, one of the, the first things, this we'll kind of use it as a kickoff, is um, late last year and early this year, you know, as businesses started to come back and spend again, advertising rates continue to go up. I mean, what isn't going up, right? Exactly. Inflation. <laughs> Have you gone um, to the gas pump lately, my friend? Exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> We're not even going to get there. But, um, you know, I think from an advertising perspective, you know, it's demand driven, right? It's not supply because in most cases now, with a few exceptions, um, there's always a chance to put supply in with advertising. You Especially know, the, with the, the digital the channels, world. Exactly. exactly. You, can, you can find a spot. Now, every now and then you've got one sponsor slot available, et cetera. And we'll get into things like that. But it's demand driven. So businesses are willing to spend. And so does that create more business for them? Does that create more headaches, more problems? Um, why don't we, we jump in? I like the more in. headaches and problems answer. You just, But, folks, that's where Trip is going to just wind the two of us up and, and spin this top today. Yeah, so let's go in. We've got a couple of clients that, you know, we set up um, – we set up some plans early in the year, actually late last year. And one of the things that's interesting, uh, I'll make a little plug for planning in that, you know, we put together and basically launched these plans in November and December. And there were some things that were able to jump in and get some prime placement in January and February because a lot of businesses hadn't made their decisions. That's they kept, classic. They kept waiting and waiting. And that is, you're absolutely right, it's classic. The hardest time to get you know, spots tends to be the fourth quarter because as a lot of the media professionals, whether it's digital, whether it's print, um, you know, is, hey, people have contracts, they got money to spend, and guess what? Now they've got all these spots they paid for, and now they've got to use them. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the, the makes that makes the finance department crazy. You know, we've talked about this before. If you don't, if you don't use the budget, all of a sudden that budget just disappeared. And for, you know, let's see, 30-something years, I have seen it every single year. If there's money left in that marketing budget, somehow, some way, it's going to get spent, which is the silliest thing in the world. I mean, it, it, there's nothing wrong with saving it for a rainy day. Yeah. Nothing wrong. But people don't understand that. But Yeah, and even if you've got a contract, you know, hey, can I roll this over into the first part of the year? Because, yeah. again, the first part of the year tends to be open. And it doesn't mean a business should be only trying to advertise when – you know, there's um, more supply available and less demand. It needs to fit with their strategy. I mean, the worst thing in the world, and, and I think this is going to get Darren wound up, 
Um, we did a number of things where we created some brand awareness in the four weeks leading up to a major webinar and a major trade show and then you know moved out now it wouldn't have done any good to oh there's open space 12 weeks out let's just throw money in there <laughs> and it, it you know there's too much time that goes by i just i just had this this conversation with one of the folks in the company and <clears throat> we were literally talking about you know what is the amount of time that it takes or that is too much and you've just worn out an ad so let's let's use the flow commercials or <laughs> the geico commercials or any of those and, and so the, what we're all trying to figure out is what do we say and when do we say it? And for how long do we say it? And, and so you'll notice when you see commercials, well, I've seen that one for a couple of months, and they have tracking meters. They have all kinds of things. It's like, okay, it's time to freshen. It's time yeah. to freshen. Now, what I love, the, the, uh, the E-Trade Baby ad, I hadn't seen it for a while, and I saw it yeah. three times last night. Hallelujah! It's just the best ad. On the, I actually downloaded it. It's so good. Yeah. So the point, though, is is that what you're saying is um, when we're buying and plan, we're planning and buying, I don't give a rat's rear end. I guess I can say ass on a Saturday. Yeah. And, okay, good. I like okay, how about that. Ass, ass, ass. Uh, <laughs> that'll make the two friends of ours that say, oh, I love that. Uh, you know, say, yeah. Sorry, Brent. Um, so... I don't care about anything about what, when, how much. What I care about is does that buy fit against the specific goal that we're setting? If it doesn't, I don't. Exactly. You, you, and you, and, you, and, you, and oh, a lot of times it's, hey, we're doing that buy in conjunction with another event, campaign plan, whatever, not solely by itself. Well, and that's the first thing I think that makes so many people and makes us crazy. When you whether again whether you're B to B or B to C, okay. So you know a lot of folks here, uh, whether it be their lawn care or cars or security or whatever it may, there is a seasonality to the business, and there's no it does no good even if you can buy something for half of what you would usually be to spend money at a time when your audience isn't buying. That just doesn't yeah. make any sense. Now, on the other hand, though, it also doesn't make any sense to go completely dark, which is what most people do. They get that whipsaw effect. But the point is, is that we do things with a lodgepole. Everything is centered around one event, and that event does not necessarily mean to, need to be a trade show. It could be the launch of a product. It could be the launch of a, of a, of a, you know, a new um, something that, with a deal, who, whatever it may be. Yeah, new product, new service. New service, yeah. new deal, and everything centers around that. So that there's one one core reason for everyone to go, wow, okay, there's something new coming up, right? And it versus just spraying and praying. And so the what, what Tripp just mentioned was this, we we did a, we were talking about doing a series. We mentioned it with, with, the, with the guys, with Tug and, and Rhino the other day. We're doing a series already. And so the first four weeks before that came out, all we did was promoted it. It's all we did. Yeah. And then it came out, and over the last two or three weeks, well, I guess, no, it's only been a week and a half. Wow. But the amount of form fills and people that have come in has gone up a lot. I yeah. mean, a lot. And we built, we built, we built, we it's built. It's a plan. You primed the pump and got the most for the webinar event. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I would say, and, and ultimately it comes down to planning. And let's let's go back to a business out there right now. 
if you're working with, whether it's an agency, or if you're working directly, and, and this will really get Darren going with a media company and just buying <laughs> media, um, here's the biggest waste that happens is they don't understand what your objectives are and the timing around your business, right? And so to Darren's point, you know, with this, it was more of getting eyeballs, getting people to come into the webinar, et cetera. We knew that was a four to six week window around that. Um, understanding your planning, how that journey goes along, and that's my $5 for customer journey, um, is important to when you do things. And I'll go back to my Belgard days, right? So back to your point, um, we had products that were, you know, around the swimming pool. So your coping, your uh, pool deck, et cetera. We actually did ramp up uh, some of the, the images, the promotions, the how-tos around uh, looking at a swimming pool in November and December and January. The reason is that tends to be a three- to six-month process of research, purchase, getting a contractor, and then you know having it all ready by Memorial Day or July 4th if you're further north. Okay, So in that case, you, you don't want to wait till April to be promoting you know pool ideas because guess what you're not that pool's not going to get done that season back to so i'm going to put my the buyer journey what's the buying cycle for that particular product product yeah. is it is it six weeks six months 18 months those are those are the things you have to look at so and, and, and most agencies and definitely the sales the salespeople at the media companies whether it's digital whether it's print you know what they're not thinking about it because we're dealing with them all the time like on this buy they go well hey i got this week open i'm like nope i go well, well it's it's open it's it's you know you want to start two weeks later exactly i want to start two weeks later i have no interest in that open spot you're trying to fill because it's too far out for our campaign all right folks so here's my here's my one-liner for for today that i told trip i was going to say and that's here's here's the challenge we have people who don't know what they're doing being sold by people who don't care what they're doing. Let me repeat that. And I'm going to, that sounds blasphemous. And it probably. Are does. you talking about me? No, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> don't know what they're doing. People who don't know what they're doing being sold by people who don't care what they're doing. Now, I love it. Now, I'm not saying that people who don't know what they're doing aren't smart, a lot of them are very smart. But you don't, unless you have been doing this stuff in marketing a long time, don't, don't try. I mean, it'd be like putting, your, putting your, yourself behind the, the wheel of a Ferrari and say, I'm going to go 200 miles an hour around road Atlanta and thinking you're not going to wreck, you're probably going to wreck. Um, so, it, again, it's not, it's, not a, it's not an IQ thing. It's, not no. a, it's, it's a you are outside of your swim lane. Stay in your swim lane. Yeah. And then you've got it being sold by the people who don't care what they're doing. Now, again. We're, we're sitting here on the radio. It's all about media. I'm not saying the folks that are out there in that room are not good people and they don't care. But the bottom line is their job, they get, they are, their job is to sell something. Right. And that it, is their job. And, you know, and, in, in the healthcare space, we were dealing with five or six different media companies. And I would say of those five or six, you know, I can put one or two in every quartile. From, you know, there are there are one or two who get it, who have had the meetings with us, understand what our strategic goals are. And, you know, they come back with ideas that work around our plan. I'm going to I can bring that yeah. up. And we and get to we'll the next we'll segment do that in too. the next segment. Yeah. Because uh, so there are some good ones. But 
there's more that are in the you know uh, second quartile, and then even the third and the fourth quartile. That oh. it's all about, hey, I've got this spot. Or the worst, and this will will definitely save. I get the emails all the time from, hey, the discount media guy. I've got some openings. Um, let me help. You know, you see your advertising. Let Call me Remnant put some money in there. for a reason, folks. Yeah. So it's a great discussion. We'll get back into that in just a minute um, and hopefully help, uh, you know, businesses out there see through the um, the sales scams that come out when you're thinking about marketing and uh, and advertising. So we are listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. We'll be right back. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job here with Darren Rand uh, on a mid-March Saturday. You know, dealing with uh, get ready for March Madness. Yes, March Madness. It's a great time of year. Yeah, I uh, love it. And but what we're doing is trying to take the first two months of the year, and there have been some changes in you know marketing out there that we're seeing with our clients, and give uh, hopefully give our listeners some some thoughts about things not to traps not to fall into. All right. And so we were talking right before the break about um, salespeople and media companies. And I think the one I'll get we'll kind of pick up on and and get Darren going is (laughs) the discount remnant uh, media buyers. And again, I get probably every every week or two, I get someone coming in every day. Well, at different times of the year, it is right now. It's not as much, but definitely the last part of the year, you know, it's definitely picked up. But right now they they see us, you know, out there with uh, our clients and but they'll come in. Hey, you know, I've got this availability. I can do this, you know, at, you know, 70 cents on the dollar, 80 cents on the dollar. And, you know, the key is going back to that plan. There's times where that may make sense if it's in the right audience the right area that you're looking at demographic wise and you know fits timing wise but most of the time they're just trying to fill holes and um you know they're just trying to sell you something cheap and it just doesn't it's not money well spent more often than not so let's go to you just said i it's funny i'd written the word timing yeah so first thing is we talk about planning um let's go let's pick a b2b industry and a b2c industry let's pick each one of them right yep. and if if it's b2b think about folks out there uh, how many of you all are actually really doing deals with other with with your partners with you know what, what are you doing in those first two or three weeks of the year you're basically just coming back from the holidays i mean this is the stuff that doesn't take rocket science but it's amazing how crazy people get okay so i'm in a high-end B2B technology sales industry, and I'm getting banged on because they're calling you all the time to do, we got to buy in January, February. Yeah, well, because the reason you have all that space open is because nobody's listening at that point. Everybody's coming in the first the first week after January, everyone's watching football still. Yeah. Then you've got, you know, then you've got the time frame where, okay, we're going to have our, our beginning of the year meetings. You and get into all your performance reviews. All, I mean, all this. The first three weeks of the year is is, is 90% internal focused in most and you corporations. About it. it's, it, and so it's like, folks, you know, just, hey, uh, sales folks, the reason these B2B people aren't, they, they, don't, they don't need it right then. Yeah. They're not exactly sure why they don't, but it's because nobody's listening. And then you get, you know, maybe B2C. Now, what we hear is all the 
after Christmas sales and, you know, you know, there's cars or re- it doesn't matter. Pick any of them. So that's where it's, it's sitting. But what we're talking about is so your first thing is timing. And again, instead of buying quality, quantity by quality, take if, if you've got a budget that you've got for your first quarter and you're going, oh, I got to spread it out over the first three months. No, 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 no. You can spread it out over one month, do two or three X more in terms of the the power of that message and affect change. Otherwise, again, if nobody's listening, it doesn't make any sense to buy. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. And then how many of those people came to you and I and said, hey, we've got all this extra space. All right, so that's that's timing. Then, then you get to um, what is the real goal of the advertising channel. And, and so Tripp and I are going to talk about whether it's a banner ad, whether it's a search, you know, Google AdWords campaign, whether it's a trade show, whether it's a webinar or a master class, all these different channels all have different reasons for being in terms of how you use them and why you use them. And they're not all the same. Huh? And and so let's talk about trade shows. Because <laughs> we have just... So what we do is put them and we call them... We have one category called events. That could be a trade show. It could be a webinar, which now we are calling a master class series. It could be a, a sponsorship that you're bringing all kinds of people to your to your business, whatever it may be. If you're talking about trade shows, folks, the world of trade shows is a giant, I can't, S show. How about that? It's a big sucking noise. Uh, <laughs> it is. And so. If, if, if done poorly. Now. If you look at, you know, what you really want to accomplish, there are some people who do it well. Right. So I'm sure everybody, all the five or six people listening, have um, been approached by event companies. I mean, you got you know, big flower shows for horticulture. You've got, you know, uh, hymns and all. I mean, all you got pick a million shows, right? Yeah, you got the, the home shows here. You got the boat shows. You got, I mean, there's Atlanta is huge. I mean, we had, uh, you know, we had Jen on here talking about the GWCC. And I would say what we've seen is, yes, you know, people are coming back to the shows. The shows are going on. And I don't think that's going to slow down the rest of the year. But, I, but, and I think I, my, it would be fun to get her input on this. But I think B2C shows are probably great because people can't stay in their house the rest of the time. Yeah. They'll do a lot of, a lot of homework on the internet and but they still want to touch and feel and all that kind of stuff b2b world padre oh um now first of all if you're doing a trade show you've said this before and you go you think you're going to go get a bunch of leads don't go yeah that's not how it works you go to a trade show with a purpose and that purpose is i'm going to continue my sales conversation with a bunch of folks that are already in it because we're all going to be at the same place at the same time. Yeah, I can meet with my top 15, 15 of my top 20 customers over three days versus flying all the way around the country. Da, 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 da. Absolutely. Okay. That and you've got your brand. Those yeah. two things. That's it. It's not lead gen. Yeah. Right? So the the shows that we're, that we're working on or the events that we're working on, um, and again – I've got a very good friend that is in the big-time media and show business. 
uh, trade show business, not in this particular industry. But And he said, I had dinner with him the other night, and he said, our world is changing every day. And where we're going with this is this, folks. There is no wall between editorial and 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 um, and sp- and advertising. Um, it is pay to play. Period. End of story. That's it. Uh, Trip uh, talked to a, a really established publication, and when this publication told Trip what he said, and I went, well. I've been saying it for 10 years, and now officially they're all saying it. Yeah, they said the amount of earned um, articles, unfortunately, is now 50% or less in the publications. Yeah. And it's more native, sponsored articles. And it's the same thing at the trade shows. All of a sudden, you've got sponsors and advertisers, you know, that are taking up some of the, um, you know, it's not just booth space. But now it's certain events and things of that nature. They're and sucking the air out of the room yeah. because there's nothing. They are literally just sucking the air right out of the room in terms of the ability to have an open dialogue in that in that area, right? right. But now, you, the one, is, the you're ones, paying a lot of money to do right. it. Right, and the ones who do it well. So I will say this, and, and, and this is it's still in the B2B space. I will say it tends to be very in the professional area. But like when we used to do the um, – uh, AIA show, which is architects, all right, and um, you know both landscape architects, traditional architects. Um, some of the sponsors would you would see these big um, classed off areas where you could sit eighty people, and it was both CEU credit and non CEU credit. But these were forty five minute to an hour long um, courses that were held in the middle of the trade show, sponsored by, it might be Owens Corning, it might be Old Castle, um, and others, and they would bring industry-leading um, speakers. It wasn't always their people. You know, they might have their person on the panel moderating, um, but they would have significant topics that were important to these professionals. You know, an archi- you know think of architects, obviously, um, very much engaged in learning certain areas. And so that's a case of, okay, the air's not getting sucked out of the room. That is some of the best money that was ever spent on those trade shows, much better than the booths. Now, the booths, they could get people typically, if Owens Corning did, you know, this, um, and they would do one a day. So over three days, they might have three different topics. You know, you could almost see the line of ants coming out of that show working their way because they wanted to come by and see what the owner's corning booth is because they just got a snippet of it at the beginning at the end of the of the uh, educational talk that's a, you know that's the the topic driven sponsorships that are that are truly engaging for folks are fantastic the thing is though back to what we just did with this with this master class if you don't promote it before and you don't follow up after that let's say you spent a hundred thousand dollars on that on that sponsorship, yeah. Then then you're getting maybe half the value that you could get. That's the other part of it is once you get all those people in, you know, how do you make sure you extend the life of that great Owens Corning topic so it, that it 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 that thing's going to have three weeks of of legs, maybe oh, four it, weeks of legs. Actually, probably longer than that. In that the perfect way to do it now. Some companies keep then doing, you know, the half a million dollar booth because they want to have all their products in there. And you've heard me talk about the four types of product of trade show booths, which I won't go into. But, you know, someone like an Owens Corning, who does it well, um, they would have just enough of the product, what was new, to get people to, hey, this is what's going on. Um, our rep, 
our, our specifier will catch up with you over the next couple of weeks. So going back to what Darren said, you've got over three days, you might have 300 people that came in to take your classes. You've got all their information. Hopefully they've walked through your booth and you've got a little bit of a, you know, a snapshot, but then your sales reps are following up with those 300 people who were there for education to say, Hey, hope you enjoyed the class. You know, you probably came by the booth. Can we set up time for me to come by your office and with architects, especially when you come by the office, you typically can get, you know, a lunch and learn or some other type where you met with one person, but you get the 10 to 12 all to come in and you, you know, take them through your product and what's new at the same time. So, you know, in that case, it might be a six week after the show by the time, you know, you spread it around the country. Um, that's the beauty and a trade show done well. That's so we talk about the number of touch points over time equals change. Sorry, that's my that's another five bucks today. But at the end of the day, that is what Trip just talked about. Is again, so I this is where if they're done right, a an event. I'd rather call it an event. Yeah. If done correctly, can be great because everything centers around it for the lead up, the event itself, and the post, and it's all one consistent drumbeat message, and you 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 just. You don't have to. You don't and then you're directing your salespeople. I mean, you're giving them live, hot leads of engaged people. It's not. It is not the person who comes by and gets the little squishy stress ball <laughs> and get and and lets his badge be scanned. Well, so the <laughs> the the point to even so we are literally to what Trip just said. Um, all of the we just did two shows. We did an actual trade show. Uh, in in Nash Vegas, and we did a the master class. Yeah. And this is not just so you know, this is in the healthcare and technology space. So yes. very B two B, very very professional type. Space. We are getting way out of the box, and it's working. That's the pleasure. But we had a meeting yesterday with the sales guy, and and now uh, again, I know folks, you've heard the word HubSpot, HubSpot, Salesforce, you know, Hootsuite, all these stinking. Um, software platforms that whether it's your internal person or your agency is going to tell you about. Uh, this was the next thing I said. So we're going to sales again. We're gonna. I'm going to bring this back. Believe it or not, I'm going to bring it back. Yeah. Someone hit me with this yesterday. And just because you buy, whether it's HubSpot, Hootsuite, Salesforce, any of those platforms, does not mean you're going to magically do better in your sales. If you do not have a good process, adding a piece of technology to a bad process is only going to make your bad process go faster. That's it. Full stop. End of story. Nothing. So, every uh, it is, it is, it, it, oh, gosh. Okay. So, let me come back. So, back to what we're talking about. So, the, the this B2B healthcare client, we are also working on updating and fixing their, their entire HubSpot journey and database and everything there are twenty eight thousand names in this thing and they are all over the board and of course why because think about this every trade show or every event or every sponsorship you get the list of people who are either attending or supposed to attend and what happens somebody takes that list and they dump it into the database do they tag it no do they do anything with it to make sure it's going through? 
Probably not. Does anybody look at it before it goes in and literally actually go in and say, okay, I talked to this person, dun, 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 dun. and you go through and you do all that homework before you dump it into the database. If you don't, you're, you, I mean, I've, I've seen a, a dozens of these in, in my years. Or, this is my favorite, um, you know, people will do, you know, get people in, they do talk to them, maybe they have a sweepstakes, whatever. And I used to, you know, oh, we got 483 leads for this, and I look at them, and, you know, one company, there's 22 leads with different names. Well, guess what? Everyone wants to sign up. That's not 22 leads. No. Go through. Who are the two or three decision makers out of those 22 or 23 and strike the rest of them off the list oh, or, or tag them differently? So, okay. So, so the first thing is don't do a giveaway. Yeah. That's the first thing. I was, we were literally at this first show, and it was the first show of this, of this really great healthcare technology organization. We, we blew away everybody. The, the CEO did a magnificent job. Everyone was coming to our booth. We had, we had no special raffle. I don't care about it. Why do I, if you are coming to my booth to sign up for a raffle, bye-bye, I'm kicking you right in the butt and saying bye-bye. I don't <laughs> care. I don't want you there. You know, now, you want to, if you're talking to us, you got a little tchotchke here, a little tchotchke there. But the bottom line is, folks, the world of trade shows is not about raffles and tchotchkes. But that's the world that everyone has got in their mind. Wow, what can we do to give some? No, no. Be good at what you do. Have a good message. And then get, and and I mean, we had. My favorite is, you know, in this case would be, um, you know, if you have a good discussion with people, I love having the thumb drive that's got the company's logo and might have two or three files. Exactly. You you have you have a uh, a learned conversation, you know, an engaged conversation, and you say, "Hey, look, there's a lot so, of things here. Um, let let me just give you this. You can look at this on your own time. I know you want to you know spend time walking around, and then I will follow up with you, or our sales rep will follow up with you." And go through more of this in the weeks ahead. But to me, that that if I'm gonna have a giveaway and I'm in a, you know, a technology or a professional area, that's the type of thing you leave people with. Back to the, so, Trip said the word time about you know 30 minutes ago. Where do you want to spend your time? Do you want to spend your time yakking with somebody who really doesn't care about buying your product? Yeah. Or do you want to spend time on people who do? And and again. Um, it is not about just simply churning up a bunch of conversations that are that are useless. That's that's not what it is. So, you know, again, so we've done two, and the first one, uh, again, we had some tchotchkes, but we had no raffle. That we just had a magnificent booth, a big brand. We had promoted the living heck out yeah. of it, and and had a really great flow of people who were sincerely interested in talking to us. And, and then the other one, which we just did last week, the, the master class, again, same thing, um, where it is a great way to separate the truly interested people from the not. Because people will waste your time. Yeah. And no offense, I don't want time wasters. We don't have it in our world. Look, there are people, it's very easy as a sales rep to get on the list to go to a trade show because it's two or three days in some ways of... Oh, good. I don't have to go make calls this week. I don't, you know, it's like this is an escape. <laughs> well, I, again, I never you were you had to do a lot more of them than I. But I my friends who had to do them like you said a lot of them were just giant boondoggles. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I always look. Not all it, of them, but but a lot of it was a giant boondoggle. I, I had I had rules. I mean, with my salespeople, a we had a script. They knew from what to wear to what they were going to do when they were going to be in the booth, and then I tasked them with, all right, you're going to walk the show. I said. I want to know. I usually would. There'd be one or two things. I said, I want to hear what you think about so-and-so's booth and um, come back with something else you see, somebody else that you think we ought to be looking at. So challenge them with, you know, when they're walking, not just to walk to blow off time. I I want to see. And if they come back with nothing, guess what? (laughs) Right. So, I mean, it's I don't know. It's I I say it's basics, but unfortunately, it's not done enough. (laughs) So. The um, the the next thing though that you can just enough. So there's the old joke about you know, you know, uh, having a skirt and just enough to show enough leg and enough to. You know, I, I'm not even. I'm I don't tell jokes well. So but you everyone here again, male female doesn't matter. Everyone knows the joke. It's about you know how to make sure you keep people interested. And so when when you know when you talk about the example of the thumb drive that Trip just talked about. That's such a that is so, it, it's so logical, but again, I don't know how I, I don't know how people don't do things like that because it, it's just so when you're when you're there, what are you doing? You want to build a relationship, find about find out about anything you can from that person you're you're speaking with, right? You're not going to sell them right then and there. Just get the next conversation. That's it. Full stop. Next conversation. Go on to the next one. Next conversation. Go on to the next one. Next, build the build that funnel. And, and that's what you do. And, and that's hard. And a lot of times, whether it's leadership, because they're about getting the numbers, going back to the technology and, and that, you know, another $5 digital transformation. Um, you know, they, they believe it's about numbers. A lot, a lot, not all our companies, but they think it's about numbers. They think it's about, you know, pushing people through the funnel, whereas, you know, we're a big believer of quality over quantity. And so that's why a lot of times it doesn't happen. You know, because they don't have the discipline, they don't have the processes, and therefore they go, you know what, well, if we get enough numbers, enough things are going to shake out in each area, and they leave it to that. Unfortunately, that's not the way we believe, and that's not how we work with our clients at Rand Inc. So. I want to I just, again, I'm going to ask it, it's, it's a, not mean to do a rhetorical question, but why are you doing what you're doing? It's such a simple question, but why are you the six people in our audience, in terms of marketing, why are you, it really, what, ask why five times. What is the real yeah. reason you are doing that particular thing that I, month or that quarter? I heard a great quote, and I'll leave this section with this quote um, the other day. And it was a, it's a question, very similar to why, but then someone will say, okay, here's what we're going to do. The best question to then ask, and then what? And then when they come back with, if they come back with an immediate answer why they're doing a tchotchke, and then what? That's the and last and, and, why and if, five times. And exactly. if you don't, and if you don't have an answer, you know, then obviously you haven't thought it all through. But if you develop a plan, and then what? Okay, then we'll do this. And then what? And then we're going to do this. And then what? And then we're going to do this. So um, it's truly about process. It's it, it does drive Darren and I crazy. Luckily, we've got some great clients we work with, and. Uh, uh, when we come back, I do want to switch over to B2C a little bit um, and talk about uh, the same type of uh, challenges, but look at the B2C audience. So you're listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. We'll be right back.
Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Darren Rand here on uh, this uh, gorgeous Saturday. And uh, we kind of hit... You just, you just lit the fuse again. You do. You like to do that, too. Yeah, during the break. So we, we've gone through... <laughs> You know, we've gone talked a lot about events, trade shows, media planning, all the challenges out there, and, and we've hit a little more on the B two B side. So let's let's shift it over to those who are um, in the B two C side because timing, back to your point, can be a little different. Can be a lot uh, shorter. You might have some opportunities um, to do some things there, um, but I want to probably hit you know a, a key thing and. Again, if you get a media planner who gives you some opportunities and, and timing, is that may be great, but what do you learn from it? Do you have data? Do you, do you understand what's going on? Or are you just taking an opportunity because someone threw it in your face and said, hey, I can give you this you know, $3,000 spot for 1500 if you commit to it by you know Thursday at 2? <laughs> well, so your metrics point. Uh, let's just go real quickly on what. Let's just kind of close the loop on those two on those two programs. Yeah. So working with HubSpot and the salesperson, um, and again, believe it or not, folks, this is a marketer who loves metrics. Actually talked and was working on budgets this morning, trying to cut budgets, and they go, "Huh? Well, because I know there's some other opportunities, yeah. and I want to save some dry powder for these other bigger opportunities." But um, so the metrics that we're looking at. Um, for all these, we had roughly, let's call it 500 sets of eyeballs okay. over, over those two events and, uh, projected, um, yeah, that's what they sold us. Let's put it that way. The actual was probably half of that, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of normal. You know, that's kind of yeah. what I always explain. I think I've said this on the radio. If you if you want five hundred people to show up, you better have a thousand people that are registered. Yep. Okay. Um, and that number is kind of diminished. It's actually getting tougher now. Um, so, of the of the um, of the two fifty, we ended up there's probably at least twelve, maybe fifteen leads. That's that's a lot. Yeah. No, that's, especially in a, a a long term sale, higher ticket. I mean, uh, technology area. That yeah, is fantastic. a lot. Um, now. These are qualified leads, not oh, just yeah, leads. This, yeah, this, this, is, don't, this, don't. this is the real McCoy. Yeah, opportunity. Um, they're probably more in the opportunity stage, truly. Um, I, just, well, I wouldn't even. I, yeah, that you're they right, but I won't put them there, there yet until right. we go through that process. But so what was so what Trip set me off? He likes to do that, you know, during the middle of the break. Was talking about uh, a salesperson, and uh, a good good friend of mine has been in sales, uh, outbound. Tele qualified, big time, big time stuff. One of the smartest folks I know, and um, he said to me, "What's amazing is if a salesperson will just pick up the phone and follow up on leads. It's amazing what happens." And I went, "Are you kidding?" So there are times I'll say to you guys, uh, you five or six people, that um, step away from the ledge. Now I'm going to use the other one I like to use. Pick up the damn phone. Are you kidding me? Don't self-select out. Oh, my out. God. Are you, what, yeah. what happened to using your words? I mean, literally, he said, this is, this is somebody, he literally said that. He goes, a very, very, very large company. We're talking, you know, multi-billion dollar companies working with these guys and their sales team and 
leads are coming in, and he said, you know, um, literally one of the one of the salespeople said, he goes, wow, that was I, that was really good. He goes, did you you actually called him? Yeah, on the top of the stack of leads. I mean, this is a multi billion dollar company. Someone actually took the leads off the top of the stack and made a freaking phone call, and it's amazing how it worked. You know, and and the this is I'm going to go to one more thing. I am way out of out of I'm so I'm asking um, a friend of mine to look for no, an article. I got to find it again. Digital world, just like everything else, does it makes us efficient. It does not replace using your words, saying hello, going to visit people. But the reality is what it's doing is people who are shy and don't like to do that can get away with being behind the wall. Yeah. They can. Well, get and, the hell out of sales. And and they can get away with going on their gut and not tracking. And, and I'm going to I'm gonna steer this a little bit back to the B2C and a good friend of ours that, uh, you know, and this is what you get at Randink. So, you know, if you wonder how we think about the process and you can look at our website at randink.cc. But, you know, we're working with Terry uh, Smith and he's of AtlantaSteaksAndSeafood.com. And, you know, it's we're looking at a whole month of data. All right. All his sales. All right, we're tracking where they are, new customers, returning customers, um, what they buy, how much they buy, uh, where where it came from, and in the first week of looking at that data, I've already got <laughs> ding 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 I've, ding. I've got impressions. And Terry's a great great person, um, but that are a little surprising for him. And the other thing we did is we did a test. We did a two week uh, sale with Daylight Savings Time. And so you have till tomorrow, if you go to com, you can actually get a free uh, case of burgers, depending on uh, the size of your order. Um, but we're doing that the first half of the month. And then the second half of the month, we're going to just compare things as normal as he goes about his business and we do the marketing for him. But those are the things that we create. And it's a plan. We track it. We look at the data. And it can be done very you know, inexpensively and over time, because one month with a B to C, you know, the number of transactions you see, you can get uh, very strong data that you can make a full year projection based on. Yeah. As long as you're in the right season and you're, you know, yeah, a hundred percent. It is, it is just, um, so Trip just made a comment and somebody said to me last week, and again, for the six of you who know, well, I guess I've said this about five times today, six people who listen. All right. Bottom line is, if you want to come talk to yes people, don't call us. Yeah. If you want the real scoop about, hey, I need to really fix something, people say, what do we do? I say, we fix things. That's what we do. Because we're willing to to go out there and, and show you the black and white of what's going on. And that's the thing. So many people, this kind of goes back to the sales um, and and the person buying conversation. It's not that the people that are doing it on either side of that equation are stupid. It's just that motivations are not aligned. They stop. Here's here's the big difference. Um, they stop once the sale is closed. Okay, our our good friend we were talking about earlier, Chris Mitchell, and we had this conversation. One of the things Chris said, he goes, "The thing I like about you guys, and we're going to use this quote, is." Um, you don't stop at the plan. Everyone's got the idea of the plan. He goes, you guys have brought it down to our level, worked with our teams, and helped them start the execution process. You know, we can only execute so much for the client. But he goes, you know, you don't stop at the sale. You work it through 
into the execution phase. And that's what we believe makes us different at Rand. And, and the, and, um, from, uh, there was, I think it was Deloitte, and this was 20 years ago. I, I love to use it, so I'm, I'm going to use it, but it's from thought to finish. Yeah. We're not done until it's done. Period. I mean, we're not done until it's done. And, and again, I love using FedEx as an example. And, and again, people go, yeah, I'm a hypersensitive person when it comes to what I think about with perfection. Yes, I am a perfectionist. And you can say it's bad, but at least we have set the bar in this company to say we are striving for perfection. Yeah. Everything. And and okay is not okay. And, and in a world where so much competition is allowing mediocrity to dominate them, for whatever reason, I don't know why, those of you in the business world who really strive for for doing amazing things, you you you'll win. It, Me, it, mediocrity is the um, enemy of greatness, and so um, you know. With that, uh, hopefully, you enjoyed today's talk. There's a, like I said, there's a lot of things out there that uh, are going on and changing. And if you want to talk more about how we can help your business, please reach out to us at randinc.cc. Um, always fun and uh, good to get Darren wound up. So uh, until next week, you've been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, sandwich lovers. Today's your lucky day. There's a whole new way to roll for lunch or dinner delight with Nucky's Hoagies in the Roswell Corners Shopping Center. Now open. Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell is family owned and operated by the subsisters, Stacey and Shannon, whose love language is food and Nucky's Hoagies, their passion. When you bite into a Nucky's Hoagie, you'll taste the difference. The softest hoagie rolls ever, along with hunger-quenching sandwich combinations. Make Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell on Woodstock Road your new favorite spot for lunch or dinner. 